My doorbell. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Huzzah! It's actually happening. They smell so good! <laughs> Three female entrepreneurs turned besties share on life, business, and the journey through the mess. Join their community with every new episode for connection, education, a few laughs, and the hype energy like a bathroom full of drunk girls at a bar. It's okay. We're, We're friends, friends now. now. Hey, y'all. It's Biz. Hey, it's Katie. And it's Ashley. Welcome back to another episode of We're Your Friends Now. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about the four horsemen of communications, which I know sounds super intimidating. It's really just four toxic ways of communicating that I think everybody finds themselves either experiencing or accidentally committing these toxic communication styles. So this might be a little bit of a vulnerable episode where we talk about times that we have done this or experienced this. And we're going to share what those four toxic communication styles are. So, I mean, to get it started, I would love to hear, Katie, do you feel like you are a great communicator? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I am a much better communicator than I was. I have been intensely intentional about it over the past several years. I aspire to be a like phenomenal communicator, I am much, much, much better than I was and still learning every single day. <laughs> we love the growth. What about you, Biz? Do you feel like that you are a solid communicator? I feel like I try really hard to be, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I um I I feel like depending on who you ask, I either use way too many words or not enough. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it's funny that you say that because sometimes there's different communication styles and that can clash even if both people are communicating in healthy ways it can still be difficult to yeah. have a progressive conversation that moves towards the common goal and it's really interesting communication and human communication is so wild because we know it's intensely important and I am a very big proponent of you know, yes, it can matter what you're saying, but it also matters how you say it. And yep. there are people that will fight about it. And they're like, oh, that's <laughs> missing words. That's And to me, I mean, I don't know. Do you guys feel the same that how you say things can matter like just as much? Yes, probably more. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. This is why I'm so obsessed with all of like the love languages and your disc profile and your KPA and who you are and what your personality is, because it's not only tonality, but the number of words and the type of words and the intention of those words and the emphasis of the words. And it's so, so, so important um, to understand not only the words that you're saying, because that's through your intention and your perspective, but the receiver and how the mm. recipient is going to perceive, because we all know like perception is reality, right? Mm -hmm. And and so it's, man, communication is so fascinating to me because you could, so have, you could have the same sentence and put 30 people in a room and all 30 people will interpret it differently. And it's such, I love puzzles and it's such a long, lifelong puzzle of how that works together. I love that. And you know, what's interesting too, is that they say, maybe one of you remembers the stat, but don't they say like 80% of communication in humans is body language? Something like that. Yeah. It, yeah. Some body language. Body language. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> All I can hear is Ursula. <laughs> <laughs> but you think about how much of our communication no longer happens somewhere where you can see body language. Oh, that's and such you're a like, point. no wonder we it's become such a point of emphasis in society and like how many people are in therapy how many couples go to therapy because they're like our communication is the problem and they say most divorces happen over communication issues like yeah because of how much happens where you can't see each other yeah that's such a great point yeah interesting i'm excited about this um i, I am too 
of communication. I, I pride myself on being a pretty solid communicator and I find it very frustrating and confusing when I'm having problems communicating because I'm like, I feel like I'm doing this so well. What's wrong? (laughs) (laughs) You, you are a great communicator. And I think that because you are really intentional and you're usually very successful, I think in your communication, like, you know, not just, not only in your casual conversation, but when you need to have a purposeful conversation, you're usually pretty successful. And I know you may feel this way. It's how I am too. If I'm not having like a successful encounter or it's not, you know, you just can't get through to each other. It's one of the few times in my life where I'm like, I really need to step away for a while because it's sure, surely there's something that I can change to make this go better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I like, I am 100% a person who, if I feel like I'm going in circles, I will say, you know what? This is not positively progressing. Yeah. Let's take a break because you never know if, if one of you just happens to be in some weird negative place that maybe it's not even conscious. Yeah. And you're spinning something or taking it away that's not always the intention. And it's a conversation you can't just be like, well, I guess we won't have it. <laughs> Sometimes you have to. And that actually leads perfectly into the the first of the toxic communication patterns, and that's criticism, which like, oh boy, <laughs> we're all millennials. And I know that there's like, we're notorious as a generation for not being able to handle criticism <laughs> all that well. Uh, the way that they define criticism is that... It refers to attacking or putting down the other person's personality or character rather than their behavior itself. So when you criticize somebody, you're implying that something's wrong with him or her. So that's the big difference between complaint and criticism. A complaint addresses a specific action or behavior and uh, criticism is the... uh, actual person themselves. I don't, I don't know. Criticism is a hard one for me because we, I, I want to always improve and I want to hear positive re like positive critique, but it's hard not to always interpret something as like a personal attack. Do you guys agree that criticism versus complaint is like different? I actually really love the difference that you Mm. just explained. I think that that's really great. I think that putting labels to it like that is really important. Um, Criticism and that explanation, I really enjoy. Um, It's never easy to hear that your work isn't great or, you know, something's wrong. And I tend to think that if somebody is saying something negative, I can, it's an opportunity for me, right? Like there's something I can work on. I also have intentionally surrounded myself with people who will point like we talked about this before they have full permission to point out every criticism because it's from a place of love knowing that I can do better or that I want to do better now there are just mean people who will criticize everything (laughs) or complain or whatever yeah um the the criticism there about talking about a person I think that again I I try really hard because I am so fascinated with communication. And I don't mean this to sound like I'm such a better communicator than anybody else, but I (laughs) am like really, really fascinated by it. And so I try to always kind of filter through like, oh, did they mean to say that about me? Or is there something in there that I can, Mm. they were, they were saying something else or they were actually talking about a trait or a behavior. And then I can ask clarifying questions. That's Um, very big of you. (laughs) you know I went on a crusade a few years ago to not have emotions and that was one of the key parts Um, (laughs) probably not healthy (laughs) probably not quite where we (laughs) not where the goal is but to detach your emotions from uh people trying to help you with improvement is important yeah yeah I I just think like I personally have rules for how I'll interact with other people and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, me going to criticizing them as a person is a very last resort. And I'm probably, it's probably not a good situation. Um, but if I'm having a conversation, I'm very careful about having specific examples of behaviors or how they make me feel or things like that. 
and in the same breath, understand that not everybody sits and like contemplates every sentence structure that way. And so I just what? try and I, I try and find it. I look for it <laughs> and then I ask. <laughs> what about like okay? So Biz, you've had people working like in your employment, and that I think gets to be a very difficult place because you do have to critique people's work efforts. Have you felt like it's difficult to separate it and not make them feel like you're just being negative and toxic? Honestly, the the best way that I can check it is again, like the way that I teach my kid is I don't comment on things that people cannot change is what I, what I teach my kid. So like you can't, um, criticize or I don't know which is the right word, which, which word to use in that <laughs> um, in there of anything that somebody can't change. And then I teach her that those are the things that you also compliment other people on. Oh, and so, and so whenever I am talking to somebody, I am always like really mindful that not so much like the shit sandwich, like good, bad, good, right. but like that I am also intentional with like my gratitude for something unique about them that they cannot change. Mm. And I find that whenever you come from gratitude first about that person, then they're much easier to swallow any critique of something they did. So that's, that's how I handle that. I love that. Yeah. Oh, thanks. That's really awesome. It's it's, it's worked so well so far, but it took me, it took me a while there. And again, it's, it's also, it's like through teaching my kid. Right. So oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like my kid and I are growing up together. <laughs> You're like, I'm teaching her and teaching myself at the same time. You know, that's the millennial way. <laughs> Self-parenting is the way, man. Oh yeah. That, so Okay. So when you're, I think what's interesting is that you can both be on the end of trying to communicate without criticism and then also be on the end of potentially receiving criticism. Yeah. And that can be difficult because when you're talking about friendships or relationships that you are really electively choosing to participate in, you can set that boundary and be like, that person communicates in a toxic manner. I'm not going to have them in my life. But unfortunately for a lot of people, you run into these in the workplace and you can't always just be like, uh, I'm not talking to my boss anymore. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, if you quit every job that had one toxic person in it, you'd have no jobs left. So it's really important that you also understand different ways to uh, handle receiving criticism or if you're in the position where you need to critique people. Some of the antidotes that are listed for criticism. So number one, Find the request, wish, and or need behind the criticism. Katie, that sounds almost exactly like what you said, where you're looking through what they've said to see, yeah. okay, you know, they they said it this way, which is maybe off-putting or rude or whatever, but instead of receiving that and letting it impact me emotionally, I'm going to sift through it. Oh, no, I'm definitely going to cry about it later. <laughs> 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 I just gonna say, like, interjection here. Ashley, you are so the like amazing person to be hosting and like leading this conversation yeah. and like with Aww. it because I mean, literally every single time in our friendship that you've ever come to like complain about something or just blow off some steam. I always, I feel like you talk me down from like my response to what I would have done in your shoes. I feel like, and you, you really do. Like you're like the master of yeah. collecting yourself. Oh, I am. I love that about you. Like you really, and that's everything we have for today. Ashley's the best, <laughs> <laughs> but like you really are. And I'm, I'm so grateful for you, like to have you in my life to, to reach out to be like, yo, hold me back. Hold me back. <laughs> hold me back. <laughs> um, yeah. But just your presence in my life helps, helps tame me some. Um, with that in those moments, I think about that. I'm like, oh, what would Ashley do in the situation? Smile. Mm. <laughs> Smile, text somebody. Am I being insane? This was a rude thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's funny going way back to the letters of recommendations episode where Katie said she feels like I'm always seeking knowledge. And yeah. I like that with even these kinds of things, like I'll receive communications that went askew and I'll send it to somebody and be like, 
read this and tell me, am I insane for having interpreted it this way? Because I'm like, I'm seeking like more information about like, should I have read that differently? Like, should I be taking that differently? And it's very affirming when you hear somebody like, no, that's, <laughs> that was poor communication. You're like, okay. Is that not Ooh. one of the best parts of being married and just being able to hand your partner your phone and be like, is this great? Like, is this wrong? Yeah. I always know it's going to be good when one of us has to pause Netflix and you just see the phone come into your peripheral. Yeah. You're like, let me see. Let me get some popcorn. Okay. So sifting through, what are the other... What are the other ones? So some of the other ones are learn to make specific complaints and requests. And the example mm-hmm. here is when X happened, I felt Y, I want Z. So it's like a nice little formula you can have yeah. so that when you have experienced something and you're trying to, and this I think is very great for interpersonal, when yeah. you're bringing it to a partner, you're like, I don't want them to feel like this is an attack. Mm-hmm. So it's the behavior detached from the person so when you left the dishes out, I felt like you assumed I was going to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to feel like we're an equal partnership. Like, I think that the other magic sauce behind that is that typically when you're in a conversation and you're having that kind of communication, you care about each other. And so being able to explain why the behavior impacts you or how it makes you feel. Most of us don't want our partners to feel negatively because of us at all, but especially because of us. And so being able to say like, hey, I don't think you intentionally did something to hurt me. And here's why this behavior rubbed me wrong or had this impact on me. I think that's very helpful. So helpful. It's helpful when both people understand that Because you also don't want to accept behaviors to your own detriment because that's how you build resentment in interpersonal relationships. Yeah, for sure. And then the last antidote they gave us for criticism is to soften your startup, which sounds like Biz saying that she (laughs) always comes from gratitude first. So begin tactfully, be clear, describe what's happening, and don't evaluate or judge. Love that. Yeah, that's my go-to. Yeah. And I, I, I agree because they don't put in here to do the little compliment sandwich because I yeah. think that that gets very like, I don't know. It's fake. so taboo and insincere. Yeah. Insincere. Oh yeah. That's the perfect word. I like, I swear, like, I, like if somebody is doing it to me, like I can't help but call them out for it. <laughs> it feels so bad. I'm like, are you really shit sandwiching me right now? <laughs> I can take it. Like, I could take it. Yeah. Like, that's why it feels so weird because you're like, okay, if you have something to say, be clear and direct, right? Direct and yeah. clear is kind. Yeah. Clear but is there's kind. Always, oh, yeah. But I really mean. like that idea. Is start with gratitude because there is, I mean, if if you can't find something you're grateful for about with a person, then you probably don't need to be interacting with them. Yeah, <laughs> you're definitely not in the headspace to have a conversation with them. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> Oh, dude, I love that. Ashley's just like, you should have the conversation with that person. And Katie's like, or you're not in the right headspace. (laughs) Cut them off. Never talk to them again. (laughs) That's so funny. That's so funny. But this is like so why y'all are both like such great friends of mine. (laughs) With our powers combined. (laughs) But no, but, you know, I I say that it's funny because, like, both points are, like, so valid. Like, they're both equally important, right? Going back to to board of directors and what you want and being able to decipher which angel or which angel you listen to. I won't say angel, (laughs) which angel you listen to. Yeah. Um, Okay. The next uh, toxic communication style is one that I have had some personal experience with, unfortunately. This one is contempt. So contempt is any statement or nonverbal behavior that attacks your partner's sense of self with the intention to insult or psychologically harm him or her. It shows blatant disrespect for your relationships and puts you on a higher ground. These behaviors can include things like eye rolling, sneering, name calling, hostile humor, and even sarcasm. 
Nothing is more destructive to love than contempt. This is just a mean. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah. That's just, it's, that's a mean. It's mean. It is. Contempt is mean. Um, this is, I think the that phrase, hurt people, hurt people. Mm, I think that this is exactly, to me, well. most commonly, like, somebody who's really hurting and they lash out at somebody. Yeah. Oh, totally. But what I think is interesting is hostile humor and sarcasm being in there because so much gets hidden behind, like, it's just a joke. Yep. And, like, I was just being sarcastic. I am very guilty of being a highly sarcastic person. So I think it's really important to, I mean, when the more knowledge you have, the better you can do. And sometimes we're hiding our own hurt feelings behind things like sarcasm and jokes without having actually thought how it comes across to somebody else. Yeah. So I think it's really important to see like and examine your own communication styles and the way people are communicating to you. Like this one to me is big for relationships because I think there are a lot of especially young women that are in relationships, but they're not always being treated with the most respect and they don't always recognize like what is happening. And they're like, oh, you know, like that's just his humor and this one i seen like it's rubbing me so deeply right now because there's this there's this thing on tiktok going around right now and it's always wedding vows it's always this guy just doing the worst wedding vows and so they're supposed to have written their own and this guy it's his turn they're at this beautiful wedding the bride looks amazing and he goes i promise to slap that ass every second i get and that's all i got that that, that was his entire vow oh my god and you're like that poor woman and you know like you're like at the same time you feel so poorly for her but you know that she's in the place where she's defending his behavior by saying that's his sense of humor yep and so man just being able to name it brett and i are both very sarcastic people and we enjoy sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we first got together, we were talking about, you know, what we want our relationship to look like and what we both need and stuff. And sarcasm is such a, like, I just find it so funny, mm-hmm. usually. And we were talking about, um, oh, my gosh, their names are going to escape me now. Blake Lively and what's her husband's Ryan name? Ryan Reynolds. Oh, my gosh. I think they're yeah. hilarious. They're yeah. so funny. But you know that they truly, truly love each other. And so um, one of the conversations that we've had and we've had to uh, like reference it is so we know my love language is words of affirmation, right? And so there's almost like this scale where I have to have more positive words of affirmation. And that's not just kissing ass. That's having real good conversations. And when I know that we are like in a good place, we're on the same page, I'm feeling really loved, my cup is full, man, we can dig each other so hard. You know, (laughs) and like, and it's funny and it's enjoyable. And also there have definitely been times, man, especially during pregnancy where my (laughs) emotions were all over the place and I had a lot of insecurities about things and we would joke and I would just have to say like, Hey, it feels really mean. And he absolutely didn't mean it to be mean, Mm -hmm. but we had to have those strict boundaries because it is something that we typically enjoy. And we also have to have parameters because, I am more sensitive with the words of affirmation. I'm like, I had, this has to be full first. Otherwise it feels really, really mean, or I'm going to overthink and think that there's something you're not telling me and you're masking it behind Mm -hmm. sarcasm. And I'm going to think that there's a lot of truth there, you know, and like unresolved conflict or whatever. You know, Biz, I feel like I don't hear sarcasm from you all that often. Are you, Mm -mm. do you, are you a sarcastic person? Do you like sarcasm? No, I, um, I, sarcasm doesn't, bo- but it doesn't bother me with like other people's sense of humor. Like I, I appreciate it. Um, I have a lot of, um, bad history in my life of my intentions mm. being misinterpreted. Mm. And so I think the sarcasm kind of got sucked out of me with that. Mm. And like, that was something that I, like the last time it really happened was like, I know a long time ago, like 11 years ago, I mean, like a really long time ago, but, um, but I, ever since then, like I, I've been very, 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 very intentional with my words 
and yeah. whatnot. And I, I've kind of shied away from sarcasm. Um, but that's interesting though. I didn't quite realize like that, but it's not until you, you stop and you ask me, but you're right. Yeah. I don't, I don't really do sarcasm that. And like, I'm also the person in texts, right? Like uh-huh. I always send like smiley faces after my text yeah. because it's like, I need people <laughs> to know that I'm smiling. Like, when I say this. <laughs> but I also feel like it's because I bark out a lot of orders in text. Like I need this. <laughs> Your loan's not closing tomorrow unless you said it to me. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That it's funny because we already talked a little bit about non like we can't see each other, so the behavioral and communication styles are different via text. I have great issue with the thumbs up text message. It seems sarcastic. And like, and so that's what's funny. I'm like, I'm a really sarcastic person. So if I, just so you all know, if I ever send you a thumbs up, there's two scenarios. I hate you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think what you just said was really stupid. Or two, you've sent me thumbs up in a non-sarcastic way. And so I'm adjusting to your communication to match you. But yeah. I had to teach my husband that. When we first started dating, he would send me a thumbs up. And I was like, oh, <gasps> hell No. no. <laughs> I was like, absolutely not. That's rude. You might as well flip me off. Like, yeah. <laughs> Big ups to your husband for like changing his <laughs> communication style. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. To my poor husband. Uh, <laughs> like, he had to navigate. But, but have you ever been around? I mean, I know we all have been around a person. Like, I kind of dated somebody who, when he would get upset, he would just lash out at me and there was so much contempt and it's it's so it's such a difficult thing to be around even when it's not aimed at you like yeah. rolling eyes or making comments or huffing and puffing or just cut like cutting people so deeply mm-hmm. and it's one of the only ones in this list of toxic communication that feels so intentional. I think yeah. all of them can be intentional, but that one feels like you are just a mean-spirited person. Yeah. Because I think all of us have had a moment in life where you're in a moment of stress or a really terrible place and somebody comes in and you lash out in the moment. Oh, for sure. And so, I mean... It, it, I think all of us are guilty of these communications at one point or another in our lives. And it's another to create it as a pattern of behavior and it's something to watch out for because I think when you're in a negative mindset, it's easy to have contempt within your communication styles to a lot of people like eye rolling and sneering and just being like, you know, like you think of like a teenage girl unless <laughs> she's like, you know, they're always like, oh, she's always rolling her eyes and stomping and slamming the door. And it's like, that's just kind of part of growing up in a way. Um, but if you don't know and you can't improve on that, like you can get stuck in those cycles. <laughs> Some of the antidotes to contempt are to, first of all, live in a culture of appreciation. So if you think about that within the workplace, I think it's Ooh. really easy to have a culture of contempt where you're like, so-and-so never does their job. I always have to pick up their slack. Like, yes. it's so easy to have that kind of culture. And so the antidote is to have a culture of appreciation. And how much fun and how easy is that? Gratitude. 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 It's kind of weird. This whole list, it's like, gratitude. <laughs> so that's My the first one. has a song. Gosh, man, she has a song. I got the gratitude attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> cute. It is. I Her little that. school sings it. It makes you so happy. I know. I look forward to it every year. (laughs) Some of their other antidotes here are to speak respectfully, even when angry. So Katie's respond, not react, right? Yeah. Let go of unhelpful stories that you are making up and (gasps) rewrite your inner script. Oh my God. Can we just like, I have to pull out my goal book right here because y'all have to read. I'm going to read. The two things right here that are the most, or here, lead by example when it comes to feeling feelings. Nothing is more important than the split seconds after something happens. It's okay to pause, assess, decide, do, and then later ask, is this a me thing or a them thing? What lesson should, could I learn from this? 
And what story do I want to get future me to in this situation? Mm. That right there is number one on my goal setting list for myself to become that person. (laughs) That's good. That is good. Because I think, yeah, I mean, they're saying let go of any unhelpful stories is part of the antidote of communicating with contempt. But I think that's the antidote to a lot of yeah. things we run into with communication and anxiety. And yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I'm really proud of myself. That took me like an hour to sit down and write that down. Those like whatever five sentences I just read. Those are but so like good. real talk, sometimes it can take a long time to write something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dang. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Moving to number three of the four toxic communications styles is defensiveness in which an attempt to protect yourself to defend your innocence or to ward off a perceived attack you make excuses you cross complain and you yes but those are all forms of defensive behavior when we're feeling under attack it's understandable that we get defensive that's why it's such a difficult habit to break however defensiveness rarely works because it's really another form of blaming so this for the longest was such a big thing for me Mm. I was so so guilty it was so important for my side to be heard or my actions to be justified Mm -hmm. um and I, I looking back it's likely because I didn't have people in my life who validated me and under, I didn't feel heard and understood yeah. in my in my daily life and so when there was controversy or any kind of confrontation um it it cut me very deep and I really desperately needed my side to be heard and so there was so much defensiveness because I could justify an action because either you're interpreting it wrong or it was justified because X, Y, and Z happened. Mm -hmm. And understanding, having somebody ask, why is it so important for your side to be heard? Like, even if it's right and that person's wrong, let them be wrong. Yeah. Like, changed my entire, literally my entire. Let them be wrong. Let them be wrong. Yeah. The big thing, too, is me, um, I remind myself that the, question is often more important than the answer yeah and that's that's a really big one for me because I oftentimes have the answers right (laughs) (laughs) and have to remind myself that that the question is just as important well I think there's also like we go back to most of us don't want to intentionally hurt or cause harm to the people that we're communicating with And Mm -hmm. so quite honestly, it doesn't matter how justified you felt in your actions. This person is giving you a moment to understand that they negatively impacted them and you get to learn how to better communicate with that person because it may just be the way that both of you operate clashes and it's an opportunity for you to step back and look at how you can better interact with that person. It doesn't matter. You could both be right. Yeah. You know, that was a really hard thing for me to accept. Yeah. It was like, there's three versions of the story there's like your story, my story, and the truth. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I'm like, no, my story is filled of objectivity, and the correct truth is yeah. inside I my answer. A lawless note taker. <laughs> yeah. Like, there is, you know, I am, I am making sure I include other, you know, perspectives and like that was so it's did you sprinkle in a little something negative about yourself so it looked like you were owning up to bad behavior and like you weren't I get it I could have been nicer I'm safe to be seen I'm safe to be seen I'm safe to be seen (laughs) (laughs) but one of the things that really stands out to me here is that defensiveness is just another form of blaming and that you what you think in your head is like, no, I'm defending myself and my actions or whatever. But really what you're doing is trying to shift the blame to somebody else. I've never thought of it like that. That's really That's like the- mind opening to me. It is. That is really. And I mean, I guess really when you break it down, that is what you're doing, right? Like you're trying to further prove your point of why it's that person's fault and not yours. Mm-hmm. But man, that's really, I never, ever thought of it in those terms. Yeah. I think it helps when you, like, especially if you're talking about 
or to somebody that you do care about, obviously this is a little different for somebody you don't care about, <laughs> but if it's somebody you do care about and you think, okay, do I want to blame them for this, that's this thing that's going awry right. or do I want us to come together and each, you know, it's easier if they'll also stop being defensive, but sometimes yeah. you have to be the first person. That's the thing I struggle with being the first person, man. Yeah. yeah. I really admire – that was one of the first things that I recognized about Brett is um, he he was so quick to own up and, and not just own up but apologize and then work mm-hmm. to change. But, like, if, if something hurt my feelings or a conversation got difficult and it wasn't – it wasn't just sorry I made that hard. It was truly, like, hey, sorry I misinterpreted this or went down this tangent or whatever it was. Um, and I really respected that about him and, like, loved that immediately. Um, but I think that you're right. It's it's really that, like, unity point of it's us against the issue, the not us yeah. against each other. Um, and But removing yourself from that and being okay with somebody thinking you're in the wrong as long as it <laughs> solves the problem is – it's difficult. Yeah. 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 I – you know, it's funny because, like, I do that all the time at work, um, right? Because I'm the lender. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. like, there's so many times that people are like, I'll just blame the lender. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I feel like, you know, it's it's such a big key because I'm fine with falling on a freaking sword. Like, one, especially if it's my sword. But, like, that rarely, rarely happens, truly. Knock on wood. But, um, but you know, it's, it's just like, if somebody knows that I'm doing it, then like, I'm doing it for the team. But, um, but it's, but it's interesting, like where you, where you talk about that. And, and I do, I find myself like wanting to get defensive a lot. And mm-hmm. um, it's not, it's not about me so much sometimes as it is my team too. Like I get really yeah. defensive over them with it. And so I, um, man, that's hard. It's hard in a professional setting because you don't know when it's okay to be wrong. You know, yeah. because like you don't want to let people go with the wrong story in their head when it's actually wrong. You know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That was but hard. Then- I was I was in retail management for a long time. And then uh, the wedding industry, I just really like to work in situations where people are at their peak behavior. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I struggled with that a lot, especially because the one store that I worked for our main focus was client experience and our reputation. And we had this really strong reputation for, I mean, we almost it like, there were a lot of jokes that they have a true cult following because people were just so, and they would tell you, this is not the experience I expect when I come in here. And I thought that I was doing this valiant thing of showing the person how I was still upholding our culture or our reputation and explore like, reassuring them no 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 no. it's okay like I'm right you know we are we are this (laughs) yeah but then I realized that like if you shift that to you let them say all the things that they need to say and feel the feelings that they need to feel and just like Ashley said a lot of times it doesn't have to do with you it's outside stressors if you're the person with the solution oftentimes the problem doesn't matter as much anymore and if it does hopefully the relationship is to the point where you can have a direct conversation about, again, specific behaviors or instances or whatever. But like, if you're the person with the solution, then it it doesn't really, you know, everything, a lot of the tension goes away. (laughs) Yeah. I think even if you're not technically accepting the blame, but you're accepting their story of their experience, that brings their defensiveness levels down. Yeah, that's yeah. a really big point. I think I it's think really important for me whenever someone I'm talking to somebody is to repeat back to them what they said. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that right there to check in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly it is most people want their feelings validated, you know, and like, that's great. That's a, that's a normal human feeling. Um, so I think that's the exact right way to say it, Ashley, is that like, you don't have to accept the blame. You have to be okay with them feeling affirmed in their version of the story. Yeah. 
And that's crazy because that's exactly what it says here. It says to accept <laughs> some responsibility, no matter how small, is the cure for defensiveness. When you accept what someone is saying, however minor, you communicate, I hear you, and what you say matters. So if you use active listening, maybe what you heard isn't what you said. Check out what the other person said and whether you heard it accurately before you jump into defending yourself. So just mm. like Biz is saying... Sometimes just repeating the words back to somebody and then, you know, you've experienced this where you're like, okay, so this is blah, 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 blah. And they're like, no, da, 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 da. Yeah. So sometimes it just takes some like, <laughs> you need to hear back what you just said to me. Yeah. Because then, you, you know, you'll, you'll see that it wasn't what you actually meant. That was like your own defense mechanisms. So validating what someone is saying and that letting them know what make that it makes sense to you what they're saying, accept some level of responsibility, and then learn to get undefended. Scan for whatever is valid in the complaint and take responsibility for that and how to address it. Yeah. Makes it all sound so easy. It does. I think one of the best questions that I learned was like, what outcome are you seeking or what would make you feel better or what would make this what would make this better to you because oftentimes people have different goals and just finding that pinpoint of like okay here's the goal that we're working towards and if they'll tell you then you know a it'll tell you how you can work to fix it and b it'll tell you what the actual issue was cuz a lot of times people vocalize something that they may not like how you said something but the issue was actually Mm -hmm. you know, what you said or whatever. Um, so finding out what they want as a solution can indicate what the issue was and if it's something that you need to address and fix in the future too. That's a good one because you think about the last communication style and it said that the culture of appreciation is vital. And so sometimes the argument or the issue in communication goes back to you know, our environment isn't a fully trusting one. Like you and right. I don't have that rapport and you're talking to me as if we do. And so we need to, you know, establish those ground rules or a better culture between us or between the workplace or whatever it is. Uh, how do you, um, yeah. how do you establish those ground rules, Ashley? Like, what do you like? What's an example of that? Do you think? So, you know, I think it's important to be able to say, like, you know, the way you said that hurt my feelings or caused X, Y, Z. I would appreciate if we tackled this topic by doing X, Y, Z. So, like, for example, if somebody is coming to you with a communication style that is very, like, you're feeling very attacked you can let them know and say, hey, you know, I can't really have a positive conversation in this context. I need to have this approach this way. Like, I really appreciate a culture of appreciation. So why don't we start, let's circle back or back up, beep, beep, beep. And let's start with some gratitude. I really appreciate that you feel comfortable enough to come to me and be open and honest about this instead of repressing this issue. So thank you for bringing this to me and, you know, let's make sure we can move this conversation forward. Like it's a teach people how to treat you for ground rules because communication is so messy and fluid. You know, you can have a year where, you know, you and your spouse are just on the same level and you're communicating great. And, and then something has gone sideways in one of your lives and it's making things change in the way you can communicate and in the culture of your own life, the culture of your family. And like a lot of times it's disease in the family. That's a really big one. If one of the partners mm -hmm. is going through a really serious disease, it completely changes the culture of what's going on in that household. And yeah. so sometimes you don't, you don't even realize that. Like you don't even know it. You can't recognize it in that moment. You just suddenly look up and you're like, boy, we're having a hard time communicating. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hashtag been there, done that. Got the t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I, also you know, when there's ongoing and especially talking about like this loss of trust and I relate this back to professional settings a lot. Um, 
thinking about like management, let's just say I had an upset customer or something and we had an ongoing issue that we were trying to tackle or even a client now, figuring out what their sticking points were and then again, finding the solution. It's not just one solution, right? So somebody, a lot of people like in real estate, they're stressed, right? It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of things that feel out of their control. One of the things that I can give them is communication. And so figuring out their preferred communication style, which we've already talked about, but may have changed and then Mm -hmm. setting up like times where I can fill them in and it's more frequently than I normally would. And there may not actually be an update, but then upholding like, and it doesn't have to be that specific thing, but finding small wins where you can commit Mm -hmm. to them and then deliver on the commitment. And so for me, like, I remember I had a client who was just very stressed about everything. And the thing that was going to make them feel better is that they wanted daily updates. And so, man, oh, man, did I every morning at eight o'clock, I was like, hey, nothing new since last night. You know, we'll keep you posted with any major ones. Otherwise, I'll talk to you at four. And then every day at four o'clock, hey, here's, you know, what we heard or whatever. Recap on our conversation earlier. After like three days, they're like, okay, I'm good. We can go back to weekly or whatever it was, you know, but finding small commitments that you can deliver on in a big way to kind of rebuild that trust. Um to just, you know, and it doesn't necessarily mean you did anything wrong the first time. You may have, but even if you didn't, you're now shifting it over to change their perspective of like, you can be trusted and you can work together and you are on the same page because their goals and the outcome that they care about matters to you. I love that. Small wins. Small wins. Let's let's look at the last one of our four. The last one is called stonewalling. Some of (laughs) you may have heard of it, uh, but a lot of you might be unfamiliar with it. So stonewalling happens when rather than confronting the issues with someone, you take evasive actions such as tuning out or turning away. Common responses include stony silence, monosyllabic answers, or changing the subject. There is a reluctance to express directly what you are thinking or feeling. This is probably the one the most number of people will be super guilty of. (laughs) It's like, the silent treatment, changing subject, or just being like, okay. Yeah. You know, when I revert to this one is when I don't want to hurt the other person, but I'm not quite prepared to, I haven't thought out how I'm going to explain what I'm feeling in a way that puts it more on like my feelings and your behavior. Like I'm too hurt to rephrase anything. Um, And it's, it doesn't come from a place of like, I'm not going to talk to you. It's, I don't want to have this conversation anymore. <laughs> it's not productive. And if it doesn't get respected, then it's like, nope. Yep. That's fine. Okay. Bye. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know. Biz, have you ever felt like you do this where you shut down and just kind of start going like, okay. I rarely, <laughs> and honestly, I should probably do it more. This <laughs> <laughs> is like, I'm going to take that one. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting toxic today. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, it's like, it's like I just read in that, read my, my little goal, right. Is to, to kind of pause. And I think that sometimes you have to shut people down because mm. you can't just say, Hey, not right now. Um, And so you have to shut people down. And I think that that's, that's probably the best way to do that. Um, is, is the way that, that Katie just kind of did it, but as long as you go back and you revisit it right, um, in the right time. So no, I think that I actually have kind of the opposite is what I do. I like barrel straight through. I'm like, no, we're going to solve this shit. We're waddling. We're going to waddle through it together. We're going to come out the other side, but yeah, I just, I just like hardcore believe in like the only way out is through in those situations. Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of been, been me, but again, like I, I can be very, um, assertive to borderline into passing over into a crowd. Um, <laughs> whenever I think there's, there's rockiness. Um, I, and that's where like, I, you know, like for me, like it's to almost take a, take a step back with it because not everybody is prepared to have those conversations right then and there in it. I think that taking a step back is really healthy. The place where I see this the most in my personal life, besides like when I do it, when I'm frustrated about needing space, um, 
and again, like, we're not licensed therapists. This is not a <laughs> diagnosis of anybody. Uh, but people that I have had in my life who have narcissistic behaviors or are narcissists do this in an attempt to have you beg to find out what's wrong. Mm. Um, they want more and more attention. And so they shut you out. They turn you away. They're quiet because they want it to bother you. And they want you to continue to put that focus, energy, and attention on them to prove that you care enough that you yeah. chase them down to like figure out what the issue is. That is pretty on, on par with what I was going to say that it, to me, it becomes toxic when it's used as some sort of punishment. Yep. That is, is the difference to me between taking a step back to say, Ooh, I'm not in the headspace to have this conversation. Um, and sometimes yeah, I've never... a step to say when you will be. Let me sleep. Like, don't go to bed angry. I don't know if I believe in that. I don't believe yeah. that. You don't? Oh. No, sometimes you need. No, because sometimes, <laughs> like, oh. I, sometimes I need to sleep. Yeah, sometimes no. I'm, I'm angry because I'm tired. Uh-huh. See, I can't turn my brain off if I'm upset. I have to, like, like I, I got to work through this, you guys. Like, how do y'all do that? Like, Katie, like, how do you, how do you just, like, you just, like, okay, I'm going to sleep and I'll do No, I mean, I, st <laughs> I stress about it a lot and yeah. I, I don't get, like, good sleep. But, you know, if I'm, if I'm overtired, I'm probably not having the most productive conversation. And so I'm going to stress about it to myself, then blow things up even more. Yeah, I think I need to move my worry rock from my desk maybe to my bed. Yeah. But also this sleep mask that Becca Lutz sent me, I don't know what's like, it's like the most magic thing that I've ever Is it a weighted had. one? No. Oh. No, I don't know. It's it's wild. Um, okay, it helps me I need sleep one of those. A lot. I'll send you the link. Okay, I've heard good things about lots of those little tricks for helping you sleep. I am like, so last night I was having a bad dream. I've been, I don't know, on a roll with them lately, but I found myself, I woke up and I was thinking about the logistics of something. Like I was trying to figure out, literally I'm like, just woke up from the middle of a sleep and I'm trying to figure out the logistics to something at one in the morning. <laughs> and I had to think to myself, I was like, why are you thinking about logistics right now? Stop it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, Ashley, stop it. <laughs> and so I like have to consciously flip it from like, no, think about something else and, you know, whatever, try and like put yourself in your happy place or count sheep or whatever it is. And it's almost to me like meditation. Like, I don't know if you've ever yeah. tried meditation for a really long time. I was one of the people that was like, I can't meditate. My head is just going too fast. And somebody was like, just start with like literally a minute of meditation. And so I did. And they're like, the thing about meditation is your brain is supposed to go off track. That's what's yeah. supposed to happen. The goal of meditation is to not have a clear head the whole time. It's to learn how to recognize that your, your thoughts are clouding and to recenter yourself back and go, no, meditation. And then your mind wanders. You go, no, we're meditating. And so once you get to a minute, you start finding out like, oh, I can actually do this. So then you bump it to two and then five and, you know, never really surpassed like 30 minutes before going to sleep. But that is huge yeah. for me. I'm going to try that tonight. I'll let you know how it goes. It's like pattern disruption. Yeah. I highly recommend it. I mean, there's that, there's YouTube videos. There's the Calm app. Guided meditation helps me a lot because they'll... The music or like somebody saying like recenter your thoughts like yoga is really good at it i've had some amazing instructors that are wonderful at you know letting go of that forgiving yourself for things being grateful you showed up like <laughs> there's tons of tools out there so cool. yeah that so that's why i'm like i you know it's one thing to like purposefully go to bed angry again as a punishment to somebody yeah. Or like ignoring an email at work because you know it's going to make the other person mad. That yeah. is <laughs> unhealthy. But, you know, emailing back and saying like, you know, this is not progressing. Give me a day. I'll get back to you tomorrow so that I can go and I can, you know, I can eat my crumble cookies and I can <laughs> complain to my husband about how unreasonable all of this is. And then at the yeah. end of the day, you go, so what? So it's unreasonable. And what's next? Yeah. 
I so just got one today that uh, it's a response from a month ago because they were worried that their response was going to make me mad. What? And, and they responded today. And I was like, Did it I was I was bothered when like I was bothered about the answer, but not mad. I am mad that you're coming at me a month later and expect everything to be the same. This is not in my response to that. It wasn't stonewalling in the like, okay, but it was, I no longer have space capacity, time or energy for this. So. Oh, totally. We won't be working on this project anymore. (laughs) That ship has sailed about three and a half weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When, if, if it would have been addressed, like, Hey, you know, we've got a busy couple weeks or, hey, let me work out some logistics and I'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. You know, let's touch base in the new year or whatever. It would have been like, awesome, great. Talk to you then. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to be able to communicate whether or not you're like in the headspace for something. Like if somebody were to come to me with a problem and I'm in the midst of something else, I'm like, I can't, you know, yeah. like I appreciate you. I hear you. I love you. And I, I will have to respond to you in an hour at the end of the day. Like that helps so much. Yeah. Setting some expectations, ma'am. So if you are experiencing stonewalling, some of the ways that you can solve it is to check for feelings of being emotionally overwhelmed. And it says, mm-hmm. i.e. emotional flooding. I like that term, but I don't know what they mean by it. <laughs> I'm, I'm creating my own definition Same. that I like. <laughs> Oh, that's like all the time. It's like too much, too much passion inside you. I'm feeling lots of things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that I think is just a check-in, check-in with them, check-in with yourself. Like where's the emotional overwhelm uh, and who's experiencing it? Taking the time out. So it does say that taking time out is an antidote to stonewalling. So you might need a break from the conflict discussion. You could disengage from the conversation with a phrase such as, Let's leave this for another time when we're calmer. And I think it's really important to point out the saying, we're calmer. We. <laughs> Even if you're feeling calm and you're noticing the other person isn't or vice versa, you're rem- you're reminding yourself and them it's us against the problem. Yeah. So I really like that one. Assure the other person that you will return to the conversation And during the timeout, do something soothing or calming. Address fears of what will happen if you express thoughts or feelings directly. Oh, that's a good one. It's a really good one. Exploring like the the story you're telling yourself, right? Like, if I tell them this, they're not going to want to work with me anymore, or they're never going to refer me business again. Like those are, I think, important because then you can come to that conversation when you're ready to revisit it and say, look, the story I'm telling myself is, which is a phrase I just love, that (laughs) if I'm honest with, if I'm honest with you in this conversation, you're never going to want, or you're going to tarnish who I am, or you're going to never refer me again, or you're going to leave me, or we're going to stop being friends, whatever those different stories are, then you can get that out there. I mean, we have so much fear behind it. How powerful yeah. is it to bring that out and in, into the light? And yeah. also as a reassurance for that, like if somebody came to me and said the story that I'm telling my, or I guess not if I have had this happen, the story that I'm telling myself is I am immediately like fully focused. My brain is open, you know, like it lets down my defenses. I am like, okay, let me hear you. Thank you. That person is being so open with you. And now we get to come to a solution, right? So not only is it good for you because you get rid of this fear because you're just going to get it out there. Um, but I think it's really good, like, on the receiving end. My goodness, that's such a powerful phrase, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Biz, I know you're big on right now with the story you want to get yourself to. Have you used the the story I'm telling myself is? Oh, all the time. All the yeah. time. All I was going to say, I've heard you. And that, like, I mean, yeah, I, like when Katie like corrected herself or like just, I was like, oh no, people have said it to me. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I was one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so, actually. Yeah. yeah I, I have a real memory of that. I um, told that to somebody at 
uh, mega camp. That's what we just had. Yeah. At mega camp. I literally, when I moved to brokering, I got all of these cool lending products I never had before. And I had someone reach out to me about wanting to do one. And, um, I wasn't ready. I was like so overwhelmed when I first transitioned and then I saw the person at mega camp and like, they literally did one of those like wave at me from a distance. And I like waved and duck and covered. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, I can't see this person. I'm so humiliated. And the like story I was telling myself was that I had dropped the ball so hard that like, I couldn't show my face in front of them and that they they were the one that had like fallen through the cracks and all of this stuff. And, um, it wasn't until like after, uh, mega camp, they were like, wow, we didn't get to connect. And I really wanted to talk to you. Let's zoom. And so we got on a zoom and they started to talk and they said, wait, before we continue this conversation, I have to tell you the story I'm telling myself is this. And they started laughing at me and they, they started laughing at me and they said, biz, you don't remember. And I said, what? And they said, you told me you were underwater and to give you a minute and that you would let me know when you're ready. Are you ready? And I said, well, yeah. And he, and he said, okay, well, let's go. I haven't spent any of the money. <laughs> and so like, it was just, I used that example though, because I, I love it. I love that person so much, but it's such a shining example of how many times the story that I tell myself or I let myself lie to myself about because I know I remember telling him when I told him, you know, <laughs> and it's like somewhere along the lines, I let myself like root that story. So I have countless examples in my life and they don't, they're not always positive. Right. But like, countless examples of where the story that I'm telling myself is wrong. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's one of the main ways that I, I'd like to lead with vulnerability. Um, yeah. Thank you, Brene Brown. It's the best. That's, that's the biggest thing that I ever took from her is the story I'm telling myself. Yeah, I know. I love Brene Brown. Yep. Uh, all right. This has been really interesting. I think it's so wild to study communication, give names to certain behaviors that we've honestly all experienced one way or another. Yeah. And it gives you so much more power to go forward in your work life and your personal life and have better conversations, better relationships. So I've loved this. Thank you guys for being super vulnerable and open about your experiences with these. I know it's not always easy to share. So no, thank, thank you. you. This has been so, so good. So good. I, you, I mean, you know, I get geeked out over any communication stuff. Um, let's do what to do some like hype and feel good after we talk about toxic communication. What's the yeah. best piece of communication that you've received in the last week? Oh man. Oh, my oh. new executive assistant. That's been the best communication. Um, she, we did her, she's, she's 30 days in. So we did her 30 day review today and she gave me some really incredible feedback that I was not anticipating. And, um, it's, it's around her life being more grateful hmm. in all things. And, um, uh, and I, I'm really, it was awesome. That was the best communication I've had. That's the best compliment I've had in, in communication that. around that this week. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, me too. I think so too. I'm really, I'm really proud of her for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I've had um a crazy two, three weeks or so. I launched um a separate Instagram and TikTok page for my piloting content so that it's not all mixed in and confusing with my real estate stuff. And part of me was like, you know, same imposter syndrome. I'm a student pilot, I'm not a commercially licensed pilot. Like why should I be posting about this? And who am I? And blah, 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 blah. And I had a video that went really viral and took off. So I was getting flooded with new engagement. And I was blown away by how many young women were asking me questions, were commenting, Aww. were sending me like, this has inspired me to go look up my, my, my local flight school Aww. and to Aww. start the journey. And I'm like, 
that's incredible. And I'm so excited for you. So that's been my favorite communications. That's so cool. I love that. What about you, Katie? Um, I have a couple, but probably the one that I shared with y'all earlier today, somebody reached out and I don't really know this person um, and was just talking about how, you know, like what our podcast said, like she's kind of in a rough time right now and mm. made her laugh and cry. And she was so excited mm. to listen to the new episode. And that's you. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it was just like a really sweet, pure like really feel good message. And um, I also think that that takes a lot to like, I, I believe I've met her um, and like, you know, it's not somebody I have daily communication with and it takes a lot to reach out to somebody and say that. And I, I think that that's really nice. So it just made yeah. my day, made me happy, you know, that uh, somebody's yeah. laughing with us. Somebody's <laughs> listening. Somebody's <laughs> laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Random people who laugh at us. <laughs> it's the this has been lovely we thank you guys so much for following along it's getting so close to the end of the year um i think we've maybe one more episode and that wraps up 2023 which is isn't that crazy insane good riddance, good riddance. <laughs> are we gonna stonewall 2023 <laughs> so, i have a lot of feelings about 2023 you guys <laughs> We'll do a 2023 recap episode with some beverageinos in hand because it is yeah, we're just year. we're just Ooh, we need to do another beverageino episode. Yeah. We should. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. It's great that we're your friends now because you don't have to go through it alone. We will see you guys here next week. <laughs> <laughs>